an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, welcome back to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. If this podcast has been broadcasting healing vibes into your life, please follow on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Your review helps other people find this podcast and the transformations continue. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Let's heal together. I had to focus on my heart emotionally. Yeah. Because whatever happened to me historically, whatever trauma, because I had experienced numerous traumas, probably more than my 10 fingers. And it was repetitive cycles throughout life, all the way in the 20s and probably 30s. So for me, I had to focus on healing my heart. What happened to me doesn't mean that it was a good thing, but I can either live here now and continuously let it scar me, or I can move forward from it. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Michelle Smith, and she is a survivor and a fighter and an inspirational speaker. You can find her on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and she wrote From Ashes to Grace and Days of Grace. And From Ashes to Grace, she's actually teaching now. Most importantly, she is just an amazing person, and I wanted to invite her on the podcast because her journey has been amazing. I've known her for several years now, and it's kind of like when you start talking to somebody and you're like, wait, what? We were talking and she was like, yeah, I've had an NDE and yeah, I have struggled through this and the other thing. So I'm excited to hear more of her story. She's very humble about it. She had some severe diagnoses that she was recovering from and she's doing much better now, which is wonderful. So I just wanted to introduce you all to her because she truly is a fighter and she is so inspirational. And I just thought, why not have her on the podcast and chit chat? (laughs) So Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Amy. It's definitely an honor. I'm here to share my testimony, share my story, and hopefully I can help somebody along the way like I needed that help. Yeah, that's why I'm here too. That's what I'm like. If I can just help somebody who's going through that dark night of the soul. So actually, let's start there. What was your dark night of the soul? Oh, getting deep fast. (laughs) It was a lot of things. I was at my ticking point and I just remember calling a girlfriend of mine and I was like, listen, I am going to spaz out. I don't know what's happening to me, but I feel this urge. And if I don't seek healing or help or whatever guidance that I need to push forward, I'm not going to be the best version of me. I'm not going to be the best mother. I'm not going to be the best sister, the best sibling, or the best human being. So I need to help me first so then I can help my child or whoever else I need to help. So what did you do? I called you. 
<laughs> well, isn't that interesting? No, I remember when I met you and I was like, wow, you are, you were going through it. I was feeling a lot for you and your son. So how have you gone from there to now you have written a book, you were a urban book author and writer of America's top 100 authors for 2021. How did you get there? I think through my healing process and COVID kicked in and you're home, you're working from home and trying to figure out things to do and how to better your mentality and your health. I started focusing on my diet. I was in a wheelchair for years. I was told that I was never going to be able to walk again, run again, wear heels. And that was my time to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to prove all of you guys wrong. That's not going to happen. And after experiencing, uh, you know, so many, did you write your directive? Because you're not going to live to see your son graduate elementary school, or you're not going to live and see to graduate middle school. Then it was high school. Then it was college. And it was like, okay, sentence after sentence, I decided that, you know what, I have some control and I'm going to take my life back. And I started writing, I started working out and I started changing everything. But I think that I had to change myself from the inside so it can pour out on the outside. Mm-hmm. Childhood trauma, you yeah. know, almost killed me and I had to bring myself back to life. So how did you do that? So for me, you I began the writing. Odds. You changed your diet. You began yeah, writing. I You're began very writing. spiritual. I just, I began writing. I began focusing on what was important for me in my household. And what was important for me in my household was making sure that everybody had a healthy mentality. So if I was going to run through the house, I had to check on me and then check on everybody else that needed that mental break. So being able to speak to somebody, being able to seek that healing and that guidance and that help, being able to journal, being able to write. And I finally can share my testimony without crying. Yeah, that's true healing. Which was huge for me. I could not speak without allowing a tear to drop or I couldn't complete my story. Now I can tell my story and I might get choked up a little bit, but it's not a sadness choke up. It's a, this is me. This is who I am. I'm going to own everything I'm in and like it, love it or leave it. It's amazing when you do the work, how neutral you can be around talking about your own circumstances. And at this point, after two and a half years of telling my story over and over again in various ways, I sometimes look back and I'm like, did that really happen? It feels so far away and it feels like a whole other lifetime that I'm like, wow, I'm glad I told those stories when they felt more real (laughs) or Mm -hmm. more like activated in my body and like I own them. Now they're just like, whatever, they're parts of my story and you move on. You can share those stories at some point with passion now yeah. instead of shame. Right, right. Big, totally different feeling difference. around it. Yeah. Like I feel mm-hmm. empowered that those are my stories. Like, wow, like I can't believe I survived that. I can't believe I went through that. I can't believe I didn't choose that. And I chose this other thing. It is very empowering when we can figure that out or get that healing. So how did you go from your deathbed to like... I know you have a very interesting story when you were on your deathbed. Like, what did you see or what happened? So for me, I either had liver failure, kidney failure. I had 
heart problems. I remember numerous times rushed to the hospital, fainting, blacking out, going down the steps. And the very last incident, I remember having really bad chest pain. And I was commuting back from work on the community bus from D.C. And I just remember holding my chest and I was like, Lord, I'm, am I having a heart attack? If I'm having a heart attack, let, at least let me make it to the hospital. And I'm one where pride, right? <laughs> pride is my biggest thing. I don't want a scene. I don't want any issues. I don't want an ambulance. I don't want any of that because if I get all that, then I'm thinking my child is going to be super, super scared when he finds all this out. So I'm going to try to be as natural as possible. And I get in the car, I drive myself to the hospital, and then I message him. I'm like, hey, I'm good, but I'm in the hospital and I'll be home. Just the same line I would always give him. But I think this time around, he took it more, not that he didn't take anything else seriously, but it was more on his radar. And I just remember being in the hospital, like, by the time I got there, that was it. I was out. And I remember my grandmother, bright light, really bright light. I remember my grandmother, and I feel like I had some other folks there. I feel there were like two other people. I just can't pinpoint what family members they were. My grandmother stood out to me more than anything, and her saying, It's not your time. It's not your time. Go back. And I'm, and it's almost like, wait, 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 wait. No, <laughs> go back. And I came right to, and that was it. And at that time, I was like, nope, I'm not doing this crap anymore. I'm not going to let these doctors tell me what I can and can't do with my life. I've got a life to fight for my child. Like, I can't allow, I can't allow that he say, she say anymore. I, at some point, I got to take the ownership. So I took my life back. That is so incredible to be at that point of all those different organs failing. And that's so funny that you drove yourself to the hospital. That I feel like women are just notoriously <laughs> do that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we do. We do. I don't, we're like, no, just hang on. I'll get there. And I don't want to bother anybody. <laughs> Nobody needs to give me a ride. Women are amazing. So what was the first thing that you changed about your life when you're like, when you get home, you're like, okay, so it's not my time, but then what? I had to focus on my heart. That was the first thing. I had to focus emotionally on my heart. or like physically. No, I had to focus on my heart emotionally. Yeah. Because whatever happened to me historically, whatever trauma, because I had experienced numerous traumas, probably more than my 10 fingers. And it was repetitive cycles throughout life, all the way in the 20s and probably 30s. So for me, I had to focus on healing my heart. What happened to me doesn't mean that it was a good thing, but I can either live here now and continuously let it scar me or I can move forward from it. Another thing was is to stop placing judgment for whoever offended me. That's not my place because now I'm holding that negative space for you and I still can't move forward. So I have to let that judgment go. I have to accept it for what it is. It's not the end all be all. I'm still here. That's it. Yeah. It's amazing that you've gone through as much as you've gone through for as many years as you've gone through that you were able to just 
forgive essentially. I mean, when you let go of that stuff, you're, you don't forgive necessarily for the other person. You do it for yourself so that you're not walking forward with that hate and that, like you said, judgment, because it does make us feel stuck. And like you said, I love it. You know, who am I to pass judgment? We don't know the full story. And I try to tell that to people. I say, take the 30,000 foot view and just like realize that we may not know everything, that there might be a bigger plan. I've talked many times about on the podcast, how Wayne Dyer talked about his alcoholic father and how he's grateful for him because he taught him to be self-sufficient. Now, like, would he have necessarily chosen that path? Not if he were on earth, but like, because he was in the spiritual realm, he was able to look at it from a different angle. And sometimes we have to get uncomfortable in order to change or up level or fix karma or learn. Once you forgave people and then you started what? Feeling more energy, feeling more capable of taking your life back. What was the next thing you started doing? For me, once I started forgiving people and forgiving myself, Mm. I became lighter. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to focus on running. I'm going to, I'm going to walk first and then I'm going to run. And then it went to, oh, well, let me change my diet. Oh, well, let me do this. And then I was getting this random glow of people that were coming to me for the things that they were going through. And I was like, well, why would you do this? And have you thought about this? And how does this make you feel? And it's it's okay to feel what you feel, but don't sit in it too long. You know, things just started to fall in place for me. And I feel like I'm having some really good openings because I've been able to embrace the woes. I'm thankful for everything that I've gone through because I don't think, like you just mentioned before, I don't think I would be where I am today or who I am without those trials and tribulations. I would not have grown. And I always thought about this as like, if I were to regret those things happening to me or wish that they didn't happen to me, like how come I get to select those specific things and not the other things that were great? Like, isn't that selfish or kind of ridiculous to change the story in in which it fits for your needs? So I was like, no, I want to keep all of me because it made me who I am today and how I am within this world. So while it may not have been fun or easy or comfortable, it certainly was necessary for my growth. Yeah. As long as you're staying on those God whispers, I call them GWs. Yes, I know. I remember you were the first one to tell me that. (laughs) Yeah, that's my little thing. Like he whispers to us all the time. If we take the time to pause and listen, and I failed a lot in years and pausing to listen, you know, going through a session with you, Michelle, just shut up and listen. It's the, the answer is right there. You just don't listen. Okay. Well, you want to be hard headed then be hard headed, but somebody always needs that somebody to give them a good swift kick in the rear. That's you. You give a lovingly good swift kick in the rear. Yeah. I definitely have to tell people things that I don't want to tell them. But it is my obligation because it's coming from spirit through me to them. But believe me, you are not the most hard-headed person I've ever had. And now the person that you and I are thinking of, there's even somebody else I met that's even harder. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So we all figure it out in our own time and in our own way. And it's okay if it takes a while. It's, you know, go at your own. a long while, Amy. Listen, not, no, no, you were pretty good. I don't, yeah, yeah, you knew what you were getting when you signed up with me. Absolutely. You embraced it. Yeah. And I love that your son embraced it as well. He was right there with you learning and changing. 
I think the first week I kicked and screamed with you, but I was like, okay, let it go, girl, because you ain't going to win this battle. Let's go. Let it, let, just let it go. It's so funny. I'm just from Jersey and I say it like it is. I don't right. sugarcoat it. I, cause you know what yeah. it is? You know, I love you. You know mm-hmm. that I'm coming from a very loving place and that I wouldn't yes. be telling you if I wasn't certain that you knew that, like that you knew exactly. that somewhere in you that I love you and that I felt comfortable with you to tell you that. Yeah. I'm curious, did you start seeing spirits when you were younger and has that continued or was it just like a one-off thing where you got to see your grandmother? No, you know what? I've always seen or been intuitive growing up. The doorbell would ring and literally before it would ring, I'd be like, the doorbell's ringing. And I'd be like, no, it's not. No, it's ringing. <laughs> or the phone's ringing and the phone would ring. Um, I just remember when I was younger, after the doorbell incident, we had moved to Virginia with my family. And I was like, Who's that person down the hallway? <gasps> right there. Don't you see him? He's wearing blah, 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 blah. No, I don't see anybody. Get out my face and go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I so I am grateful I don't see them full on like that. Only once I'm pretty certain I saw a guy walking out of a cemetery that was like 90 years old at 1130 at night. So I was like, that's probably not real. I got to get inside. It's not all the time, but definitely when they come, they come. But it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, hey, listen, if you're good, great. I say a little prayer over it. And if it's not great, it goes away. That's it. Yeah. So now you are, you just started teaching from ashes to grace. Can you tell me about that? How's that going? What's that like to be sharing your story and teaching people about how to go from ashes to grace? It's weird. Like, it's really weird because going in class and you've got these like-minded women, all beautiful walks and all beautiful stories and yeah, they're open and willing to hear what you have to share. And a lot of the things that we discuss are relatable. And a lot of the stories we discuss are relatable. But it's just something I'm still getting over the fact that that's my name on a book somewhere. That's the weirdness part. But being able to get out there and speak and motivate and influence in a positive way or a positive light. I believe that's what I'm supposed to do, right? We're mm-hmm. supposed to love humankind and push forth that good grace. And so if that's what I'm here to do, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. I love it. If there was one thing that you wanted to share with people who are going from that dark night of the soul, whether it's a emotional overwhelm or if it's physical overwhelm, you kind of had both going on at the same time. So if somebody's going through both, What's the one thing that you could say without a doubt made a huge difference in your healing to catapult you into doing what you do now? Pausing in the moment and trust the process. Oh, yeah. You got to feel it to get through it. And if you don't feel it, you can't get through it. And you literally got to sit in your crap. And that's what I did. I, by the time I was out of my crap, I was calling everybody, giving out a whole line of apologies that whether I knew I needed to give it or not, but my heart said, give it. So I was giving them out. I was shelling apologies out. Like, I'm sorry, when you've got to be able to sit in it, accept it, move forward. 
yep. and trust the outcome and process. It always works out as bad and horrible as it sounds sometimes because people don't want to hear it, but truly trust the process. Yeah, I agree. It's very hard for people to get better when they aren't willing to surrender to the trust and that there is a process, there is a reason, and it will make you a better person. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard to say. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's hard to say, I'm sorry, I wasn't my best self, blah, 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 when, but you learn from that. And then you start to realize that if you weren't your best self at a certain time when you thought maybe you were or you tried to be and it turned out you weren't, maybe other people weren't their best selves towards you and they thought they were being their best self. And then you realize, wow, maybe it's not personal. Maybe they didn't get a manual. Maybe I didn't get a manual. Maybe we can Mm -hmm. just have compassion and forgiveness for all. And everybody goes through stuff. You got to recognize that everybody goes through stuff. Not everything is about you. And I had to discover that too. It's not all about me. What about what they're going through on the other side? You know, yep. when you experience a lot of childhood trauma, you wind up being hypervigilant. And so you are accustomed to reading your environment all the time. It yes. can exhaust your nervous system. It can give you headaches. Yes. It can take up your mental capacity. And then you start to see the world as dangerous, right? Because you're literally looking for danger all the time. We want to realize that when we can start to work with those traumas and start to look at those mindsets and shift them, then we have the opportunity to become our best selves because we're not actually coming from a place of danger or fear or Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm -hmm. You are so inspiring. And I just, I'm so grateful that you're here sharing your story every day. You wrote a book about it two of them, you're teaching people how to go from ashes to grace. Is there anything else you want to share with the listener about your journey or what they can do to become the greatest version of themselves? If I could say one thing, I would say that you may never get the closure you think you deserve. So important. Yep. You may never get it. Be okay with the fact that you may never get it because that will release the bondage for you. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. And sometimes people might say, well, how do I do that? <laughs> how do I just realize I don't get a, an apology? Um, Stop looking for it. Yeah. Stop looking for it and just understand that there's a plan that you don't understand. Yeah. Stop looking for it because it's already taken care of on the other end. Stop looking for it. Mm-hmm. Michelle, yeah. can you tell everybody where they can find you? You can find me on IG underscore days underscore of underscore grace or TikTok, Goldie Grace. And then there's from Days of Grace on Facebook. I'm also on Amazon. That's right. Your books are both on Amazon. Yep, I am. And the third one should be coming out next year. Oh, what's that one called? So I don't have that title yet, Uh, but this is more, this is my story. This is my story coming out a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. Michelle, thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. If you love today's podcast, you're going to love the UR Energy course. I'm going to drop the link below so you can pick up that course. I go much more in depth about the science behind healing, and I share the tools and techniques that I use every single day to help my body heal.
content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.